0: back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. We are in the review for round four which is already underway as we speak. Uh, Bontempelli has surpassed his season average by 20 points and it's just half time. I'm joined by Pistol who wanted to get away from watching that masterclass and and come
1: talk to me. How are you? Um, I'm doing okay. I'm a bit scared about uh, what Bontempelli is going to end up on if he's able to score one hundred and twelve and a half. a I am terrified of a 200 point game and not owning a 200 point uh, player for a round so that would be uh, yeah not great but since you've already f- done you said you, you said this is the round four review so I assume you know all the results of the game so why did not you uh, just uh, tell us how Bontempelli went
0: what do we call it If it's it's preview? Oh, yeah, preview. Because for some reason, I was thinking, I was like, oh, we we either name it review or recap. And then I'm like, well, it's definitely not recap, so it has to be (laughs) review. And it was option three, so... We're reviewing the teams that have been named. Exactly. How's that, that? That is what I meant. Anyway, um, we won't talk too much about the Bulldogs game, which has already happened for those who are listening. Um, I can only hope he goes to Bontempelli for the second half and holds him to 136, but we're going to jump into the GWS versus Collingwood match where the teams were announced for... A few good ins for GWS, a few big outs for uh, for our Supercoach teams. Just the one, if I if I'm <laughs> exact. But uh, Josh Josh Kelly <laughs> comes in with Shane Mumford, Toby Green, and Tom Green, uh, replacing Daniel Lloyd, Jai Caldwell, Sam Jacobs, and Zach Langdon. And then for Collingwood, we have Mason Cox coming in replacing Darcy Cameron. So, a few Supercoach relevant changes there. Uh, I count about three or four, Pistol. What do you think of this one?
1: Yeah, I called the uh, the Cameron omission. Um, I definitely thought Cox would be back. So, um, it's, it's good to see him back because I think he adds a lot to our side. Um, this is one of those games where there's high potential for a laid out with Green, Kelly, and Whitfield all named in the same side. So, um, I think... The first thing that you have to do this week is not use your trade before we find out about late changes to the GWS Collingwood game. So they'll be out at 6.50 p.m. Um, on Friday and I definitely wouldn't be making a trade until I know exactly who's playing in that match. Yeah,
0: 100%. And GWS have done this in the past as well, just as bad as Geelong, really. Um, I think, who, who would you say is most at risk to be a late out in this one for for other side? I feel
1: like it's always Kelly Yep. <laughs> like it's just always Kelly and they've got their emergencies um they've got Jay Card Cardwell who had been dropped and I think he's good enough to play anyway so potentially inbound um if Kelly's out JB I was going to ask about the big source Jacobs omission bringing in Mumford do you think that's a tactical thing um against Grundy or do you just think uh, Jacobs was just really bad and now he's lost his spot.
0: I'm not sure what the tactic would be because uh, Grundy towed uh, Mumford up in the prelim final last year. I think he had something like yeah. 79 hit outs for the match. so <laughs> 73. 73, okay, close. Um, that was, hey, that was just on memory there. Uh, so I doubt GWS have brought in Mumford to neutralize Grundy as he clearly cannot be uh, trusted to do that. Uh, I just think Source had an average game, and I don't think he's uh, pencilled in for all or every match this season, despite his form. Uh, they do have Munford there, who is capable enough of uh, trying to hold the other ruckman down. Which this week he, he we just know he's not going to be able to. But they're they're kind of a similar player, aren't they? They they try to get mobile around the ground. Um, Sam Jacobs obviously not as good as Mumford in getting mobile, but a better tap ruckman, obviously, but. It's um, it's an interesting one. I, I I think Jacobs comes back in after a week or so. Anyway,
1: I wouldn't call either the GWS Rock and Mobile. I, I would say Mumford's <laughs> try just like the. <laughs> try, uh, I mean, they <laughs> any player tries to Mun- be like Mumford, definitely B- is not known Prince. for his tap work. He's undersized and he tries to kill everyone around the ground. Uh, he's he's the enforcer of the side, and I think Collingwood's bringing in a. Potentially underdone, Brody Grundy, who was playing a bit sore in the last two weeks, and maybe they want to, you know, smack him around a bit. So I think that's Mumford's role isn't actually going to be to, you know, win the ruck battle against Grundy. He's going to be put into the side, and they're going to say to him, Mumford, just negate Grundy to the best of your ability. And whether or not that's, you know, hit him at every contest, then you know that's that's what his role is going to be. And uh, if you don't have Neil, and I think we'll talk about vice-captaincy options afterwards, but um, yeah, you know what, let's just wait until after the teams and we'll talk about (laughs) vice-captaincy, so I'm sure Grundy's going to feature.
0: Okay, and then obviously Darcy Cameron, you did say you did call this omission, Uh, any chance he's swiftly back into the side or have we now got someone making very little cash on our bench for a while?
1: Look, I think Cox is going to be the preferred option. Obviously, he can play himself out of the side if he becomes, you know, has much more poor form. But um, I think at this stage, at least, he's in the side for the foreseeable future until he's you know, if he's terrible and back to back to back to back weeks. But he'll he'll have earned himself a couple of weeks in the side. Um, definitely, you know, big fan of Cox. And then, just lastly,
0: <laughs> big fan of Mason as well. Uh, just lastly, Tom Green. Uh, coming back in for his second game after he debuted in round one for a score of 41. Um, I assume a lot of people have probably traded him out by now. Um, Obviously, considering his poor job security, I wouldn't be advising trading him in. Those who kept him, though, will have some decent bench cover, or is Tom Green the type of player that you'd be looking to field over
1: the likes of Tyler Brown, who plays in the same match? That's a very good question. Um, Look... Tom Green is going to play more in the midfield. That's more what he's suited to. Brown can play in the midfield, but then he can also play up forward. I mean, I'd play Green every day of the week if it wasn't against Collingwood because Collingwood's midfield like sucks all of the points out of the other team. Um, it's really tough. I don't know. My, my gut says to lean against Brown, but my head says Green because the role. So are we getting a... a- a off the fence vote there or oh no it's just it depends what type of player you are if you're, <laughs> if you're a he, head or gut type of thing. i wouldn't be trading in tom green if that's a second secondary part of your question because of the no i addressed know, that before before out, the so, first yeah. part of my question yeah i agree with that
0: okay <laughs> i'm glad we're gonna move on to the next game uh, if you want to go through those ones
1: yeah, I'll take the Port game. This <laughs> makes sense. You take the Collingwood game and I'll yeah, take the Port yeah, we'll game. we going reverse roles. Uh, <laughs> port Adelaide versus West Coast. So just the out, the Dersmer injury. And in comes Kane Farrell. And on the West Coast side, we've got a couple of omissions. Uh, Petrucelli, Rotham, Oscar Allen and Schofield. And on the uh, ins, Jermaine Jones comes in uh, for first game of the season. And McGovern, Tom Cole and Tom Hickey. So... Jermaine Jones, um, I think off the top of my head, we saw him a little bit in the preseason. Um, do you think there's any potential that he can be Super coach relevant this year?
0: Uh, if he scores well on debut, he would definitely become relevant. Uh, I, I actually don't quite remember how well he did go in the preseason. Uh, you generally have the better memory I, with these. I with don't these think teams. it
1: was very well. Off the top of my head, it wasn't good. He's a 143k forward rookie. Um, yeah. He's not currently in my plans to trade into my side. Um, You know, there's other players that are named this week that I think have a much higher chance of being put into my side next week, but we can talk about them as they come up. But I'm not particularly interested on Jones, and I think that they've got a variety of small forward type of players or um, that, that, you know, they could just come back in the side any given week. It just takes one or two bad games in a row, and... um, jones is just back out of the west coast side
0: i particularly thought it was good to see Brandon survive uh omissions as well uh, he did play well last game scored well in supercoach as well in the 70s um i think his job security is better than what a lot what a lot of people are predicting i think uh there are quite a few people uh, predicting that he'd be omitted last week so um good to see him hopefully get a, a further string of games uh, we'll go into yeah. the next game St Kilda versus Richmond so uh, just the one change for St Kilda Josh Battle replacing Nick Hind uh, who was omitted and then Richmond have a few good changes here so Dustin Martin Camden McIntosh Liam Baker and Toby Nankivis. Um I don't know why I said that in three <laughs> three different <laughs> spaced out syllables but um, out goes Daniel <laughs> Rioli Ivan Soldo Jack Graham and Marlene Pickett so uh, interesting to know you pointed this out to me pre-podcast I always give credit when I steal these things from you Pistol uh, Pickett not even named in the emergency so he's been dropped well out of the side
1: yeah they're like you know, not don't just get out of the team but like really pack your bags <laughs> we'll meet you at training um, type <laughs> dropped out of that Richmond Richmond lineup so I think they're gonna try and work some form into him in the scratch match I feel I feel like some it's a little bit unlucky for Pickett. It's been a bit dewy in the last couple of matches, and he doesn't seem to be particularly good in the wet. Um, so it hasn't been, I guess, his super strength. Um, you know, playing to his strength in the last couple of matches, but it's not a good. It's not good seeing Jack Graham on the emergency and you know Pickett completely out of the side. I'd, I'd feel. I wanted to, when I first heard the news, I was like, okay, I'm just going to hold Pickett, and surely he makes his way back in after one week, you know, on the sidelines. But now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I think he's behind Graham. He might be behind, um, you know, RCD and and other rookies um, for Richmond. So I, I think, yeah, this is potentially farewell to Pickett in our sides.
0: Yeah. So he's obviously he's only gone up to 200k. So he's made about eighty. Um, the one good score in the first week and then a couple of poor scores following that and now being dropped. Is he top of your hit list for, for training out of the team?
1: He's not top because I just think he's such a unique player and they'll want him in the side at some stage, but I don't know how long it's going to take to get him back into the side. I think at least the way that I'm going to work my team, it's if I need the money, then I'll use him. Um, and downgrade or upgrade. But if I don't need the money, I'm not going to rush to try and get him out of my side because at some stage, he's going to come back into the Richmond team.
0: Yeah, obviously, uh, I d- definitely agree there. He's not going to be left out for the entire season from now. Um, it could be a matter of weeks, uh, closer to a month that he does get back. I do need the money this week and I'll be trading him out. So um, not one that I'd definitely hold on to uh, at all costs. The other change in this one is Dustin Martin coming back into the side, which is great for Dusty owners. Uh, even if he does play a bit sore, I think we've seen him average fairly well as a forward in the past. I wouldn't be too concerned about that against St. Kilda. Uh, and if that's all, Pistol, I'll move on yep. to the next game. Yeah, take it away. Okay. Oh, actually, this will be back-to-back games for me. I've, I've lost the plot this podcast. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm have telling you what. Uh, maybe it's because I haven't done a Thursday podcast in a while, or it could be the cracking headache, but... It's it's not been my podcast so far. I might be dropped out of the team and the emergencies without uh, Marlon Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> Essendon have incoming Martin Gleeson and Orazio Fantasia. Out goes Dyson Heppel with that injured ankle, I believe, and Matt Guelfi, who was omitted. Uh, Sam Philp will debut for Carlton this week for the injured Harry Mackay.
1: Uh, not a lot happening in this one. I I think Philps quite interesting as an option. Um the speedster gets a run. Um Carlton I'm I'm interested to see how he scores. He he's I think off the top of my head it's like 121k or something like that in Supercoach. So um Yeah. Any midfield option particularly when we've just lost Pickett is going to be somewhat interesting because I you know we can we can bank the cash. So I will be very keen on seeing how he goes. Um I have I've have quite high hopes for him. So I'm looking forward to that. I think um, on the Essendon side, though, the sorry, on the um, Carlton side, on the bench with Philp, is Tom Williamson, um, who gets his second game and will be off the bubble this week. We're probably going to get some questions between which defender to take between Williamson and Hamill, so we'll cross that bridge um, when we get up to Hamill, I think. Um, and Pitt and Ney, you know, let's see if he can have three games of dominance against Bell Chambers. <laughs> he probably will. Um but I'm 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 looking forward to that match. JB, Ridley's named again, um, in that back line, but they did bring back in Gleason. Do you think there'll be an impact there or do you do you back Ridley to continue in his, I guess, good scoring efforts so far this season? I
0: think he's too clean. He he really does suit Supercoach coming off the back line because he chooses his quick kicks very carefully and he's so clean with the ball in hand. And I think they he's quickly becoming the player that they really trust coming off of the halfback line uh, to get the ball in the hands of. So uh, I'm not sure much could affect him at this stage, and worst-case scenario, uh, it's not going to send him down to a 70 average. I think he can still uh, be fine for an 80, 85 average uh, from here on out. So I don't know. I've got a lot of confidence in Ridley. He, he showed really good signs in his debut season and uh, hasn't really stepped a foot wrong since. Um, I need to ask you about uh, Fantasia coming in for Heppel. Uh, looks like the straighter of the, the two swaps. Um, does that mean someone in the forward line, perhaps Devin Smith or Darcy Parrish, move into more of a dominant midfield role?
1: Oh yeah, you'd think it's Parrish time. <laughs> After his uh previous efforts in the midfield uh, in that last quarter, he dominated. They they've got to surely give Parrish more midfield time than they've currently given him. I would be I'd be quite upset if they just gave all the midfield time to Stringer because they love to just keep bumping up Stringer's midfield time. Um I, yeah, I'd be surprised if Parrish didn't get a larger share of midfield time and maybe even Smith can get you know a quarter or something on the game where he's playing purely on ball because we've been missing that this season his role's not been what we've expected but he's still scoring really well so I guess it doesn't really matter in the end I
0: think it bodes well for both players like you said and I know someone who would be more upset than you if Parrish didn't get that midfield role um, he's probably <laughs> going to be on a podcast next week um, if you'd like to run when, us when through- you're dropped <laughs> yeah well when I get dropped I mean if you want <laughs> yep. to run us through the next
1: game yeah, no problem. So we've got Gold Coast versus Fremantle. Uh, Gold Coast have zero ins, so thanks for passing me to that one. That was a <laughs> lot of work. Um, no changes on their side. And Fremantle have um, Cox out. Why? Why? This was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> you throw me all the Coxes. You're calling um, Brennan. And we all know him as Brennan. Bren- Do we? Okay. Yep, Brennan Cox is out. And uh, Sam Sturt is out for three to five weeks with an injury injury which is a bit rough luck for owners. Um, and incoming, the debutante Sarong and Stephen Hill. So both really big ins for Fremantle. Um, I think Sarong didn't you know set the house on fire in the preseason with his supercoach scoring, and he is at 170K. So that inflated price and not setting the world on fire with the scoring isn't fantastic. He actually did but score
0: okay. I said this earlier today that I don't remember him scoring well at all. I think in fifty percent game time he had a sixty, in the first one, and in the second one he only played something like uh, I want to
1: say fifteen percent game time and had about twenty five. I think it was off, I think it was fourteen points in the second game, and maybe it was fifty off sixty percent time ground. Maybe nah, other Rather way round. Sixty on fifty. I'm pretty sure it's other way round because I I okay. thought he
0: scored poorly as well. And I think I had someone. Some. I mean,
1: it's not it's not fantastic. It's not fantastic, still, like, still, but
0: limited time on ground.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly what role he's even going to get in that side. I wouldn't be surprised if they tuck him away um, in the forward line and just get him to come on bursts on ball. Um, you know, is he pushing Brayshaw out in the midfield now? I I don't know. I don't I don't really see it particularly. Yeah, when we we Cox is out and Sam Sturt, who's a forward, and yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not I'll wait and see. Um, I don't have Supaya hurts, but Hill on the other hand. I've got a lot of high hopes for Hill if he can actually play this week. I think he's been named every week except round one and has yet to play a game. So um, if he can get through a match, I think he can be a very good scorer. He's got that DPP status. He's still 190K and he might help um, just solidify our D6 or F6 in particular this week or next week, I should say. Um, And if Pickett is out, they're almost the same price as well. So that might be a way for teams to be able to get um, Hill into their sides.
0: Whenever we do trade in Stephen Hill, if we do, it will be the probably the riskiest trading that we've ever done. He is so injury-prone, and as much as I'd like to see him string a few games together, at this stage, it, it looks unlikely, and uh, I suppose they're taking it one game at a time, but let's hope that he does well against Gold Coast and, and gets out of the game scot-free, injury-free. So, um, that will be one to watch with interest for both players as well, uh, considering Sorong uh, high draft pick obviously has a lot of talent. I'll move on to the Brisbane versus Adelaide game, and I've saved myself a lot of ins and outs. Uh, so extended benches obviously on this one. Brisbane not omitting anyone thus far. Have Alex Witherden, Connor Ballenden, Dane Zorko, and Mitchell Hinge coming in for no change obviously so far. And then Adelaide have Billy Frampton, Price Gibbs, Elliot Himmelberg, Carl Hardigan, Miles Paholke, Shane McAdam coming in and have already omitted Paul Seedsman and have uh, listed Atkins as injured. I think he's out for a few weeks now. So they have two force changes uh, with a extended bench that I expected to include McHenry, but it doesn't. He's named first on Ball Pistol.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, Look, I mean, we know team sheets don't mean that much, but I believe last year it was only two times in the whole season where a rookie was named on field and then was omitted on the Sunday um, instead of somebody in the, in the extended bench. So it's super rare. And I think the year before that it was one time because he kept going on about it. So it's just really rare. So seeing <laughs> Hamill named on the field and seeing McHenry named on the field is really, really good signs. Um, I I would say I won't really care that Hamill's named on the wing and McHenry's named on ball because if McHenry's named on ball and is, according to the team sheet, lining he- up head-to-head with Lockie Neal, um, this could be a game-breaking <laughs> supercoach match. They might try and use him to tag, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> he could be
0: already their most defensive midfielder of the Crows.
1: Oh, no. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. So I, w- I want to I look at the benches here, particularly the Crows. Um, so on the extended bench, they have Matt Crouch, Gibbs, Polky, Walker... Hardigan, Frampton, McAdam, and Himmelberg. Which four players do you think make the cut? That's difficult. <laughs> I'm confident
0: Matt Crouch and Tex Walker go, go in unscathed. Uh, besides that, it's it's really a raffle because they don't enjoy Bryce Gibbs. I think he'll come in considering Seedsman is going out and they could they play a, a similar role. Uh, and then we we might see. Oof. Yeah, Hardigan. Maybe, yeah. Hardigan's yeah, hard probably the fourth one.
1: one. Yeah, so I I do agree with that. I think Gibbs is that one that um, that comes in for him there. But, yeah, it's definitely interesting. And on the Brisbane side, we've got Tom Berry, Zorko, Hinge, Ellis Yolman, Witherden, Bailey, Stasovic and Ballenden. Is, is Stasevich in any trouble at all? He can't or be. It, it, or if, it he, can't if he be, yeah. played
0: for a 28 in the first round and didn't get dropped and then pumped out back-to-back 89-plus scores, then... Uh, there's just there's no way he he's
1: on the outer at this stage. I think he's bought himself at least another fortnight. So Zocco's coming in, obviously. Yes. So who's coming out from that extended bench? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> are we losing Tom Berry? Or are we losing uh, Zach Bailey? I
0: don't. I don't think we'll lose. I don't know. Actually, it's really tough because obviously, with hasn't been in favour either. Bailey Berry, you could you could genuinely toss a coin. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. That could go either way for me.
1: I think, we're, I think we're losing Tom Barry this week for owners. I think um, I would not be surprised if he is dropped. So uh, probably uh, another rookie gone that won't be back for a little while and hasn't made any real money. I think he's made like 10K or something like that. So um, yeah, watch his space.
0: All right. Well, talk to me about Hamill. Uh, we've gotten to the stage now where Hamill, uh, we're up to his team. And we spoke about Williamson earlier. If you had the choice of both, which way are you leaning at the moment?
1: So I do have the choice of both. Um, And I had to trade Kavara to one of them this week to make sure I could put Brander in my forward line because I have no cover there and I'm worried about Curtis Taylor, which we'll talk about soon. But um, I did go with Williamson. So I guess I'll run through my logic and that's uh, Williamson's always been a decent player. Um, He has just being very injury-prone. I love injury-prone <laughs> players, apparently. <laughs> this year especially. <laughs> um, look, he's not a big scorer, and I'm not expecting big scores, but he's a solid role player. Uh, Newman went out for the season. I think he can hold his spot for a long period of time. I mean, I think it's Marchbank that's still yet to come back into the Carlton side. I'd be I'd be surprised if they just removed Williamson and put in Marchbank. I think... Um, Maybe Silvani might be in trouble there. I guess we're we're skipping ahead by talking about the Carlton team. But um, yeah, I I feel like Williamson just needs to keep chugging along and he can keep scoring like 50s. I think he'll be a slow burn rookie. I know he's a little bit more pricey, but I feel confident that he's not going to put out like a 12 or a 15 or or a McHenry 17 special. Um, Hamill, on the other hand, they're going to develop him, no doubt, and they're going to want to pump games into him. I'm just a bit worried because he's always been a low possession winner, more of like an impact player, and I, I see him potentially, you know, running through a game and getting f- six touches or five touches and ending up with a score in the teens and just killing his cash generation. Um, he might not, and he might just continually put out forties and fifties as well, and then be a better pick than Williamson. I just have more confidence in Williamson avoiding the super low scores than they do of Hamill avoiding the super low scores and thus killing the cash generation.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, Williamson definitely has, or at the very least, equal job security as well. I'd say slightly better. Um, The fact that he's put out half-decent scores in the past as well, and his game on the weekend, it wasn't even that good. He had a couple of turnovers... Um, a few ineffective kicks and not many disposals, and still got up to fifty-three points. I think it was. Um, I think he's got the potential yep. to go around between sixty and seventy. Um, as long as Carlton are competitive, um, in in the other matches, he probably goes dips below that. Um, Hamill, though, I, again, I want to say, if his team was fiercely competitive, if Crows were top eight bound, then I think he would be a really good downhill skier to jump on. Uh, and and watch him score some sixties when in in some big wins, but Crows just don't look the part this season, and uh, I definitely don't want to get an impact player
1: for a, a team that's not really going to make an impact. Fair enough, JB. I'm going to jump into the Melbourne versus uh, Geelong game. Um, for Melbourne, there is a big big omission, and it's Harley Bennell, oh, JB, I don't, want to, I don't um, want to talk about it. He's not injured though, so that's a positive. That's On worse. On the ends and coming, I feel like that's worse. <laughs> We'll talk about it in a sec, but on the in, incoming to the uh, extended bench, we've got Vandenberg, Lockhart, uh, Pickett, Hibbard, and Hannon. JB, um, before I go into the cat side, Bennell, do you think he is actually dropped, or it's more of a resting, and this was some sort of uh, greater plan that Melbourne is sticking to to just manage him throughout the season? He can't be dropped.
0: He was listed last week. They didn't play the game. Now, unless, unless he play, <laughs> unless he racked up one disposal and... And had a shocker in their scratch match, and they and they took it that seriously that they made coach changes and and team changes off the back of it. Then uh, there's no way he was dropped. This is is has to be a penciled in. Whenever we get Harley on the field, he'll play two matches, and then we'll rest him for one, and then he'll play you know three matches for example, and then we'll rest him. It it just it can't be anything else. They played a very very fiercely competitive scratch match, uh, supposed to be genuine match simulation last week. I think they took that as that's his second match and we'll rest him for the fourth or the third, fourth of the season, third for him, um, and and go from there and see how his body's feeling after that. Um, is there still some dialogue around the whole listing a player as a rest as opposed to listing him as an omission these days? I, I remember there being oh, I don't something, think so like, is that. Yeah, it used to. It was I, second I league related, though, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, look. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much, especially in a COVID-related year. I think um, it doesn't don't. I wouldn't read so much into that. It is it is kind of funny to note that uh, Melbourne last week omitted um, Luke Jackson, and then this week they haven't omitted Luke Jackson. Well, at least yet. He might be. He's on the extended bench. Um, so they didn't even like keep to their original teams. Um, I, which I just found funny and maybe less funny for your supercoach side because didn't you trade in Benal last week um, and then you got a zero from him last week and now you're getting a zero from him this week? Uh,
0: yes, that is what happened. I uh, <laughs> traded him in um, right before the news dropped as well uh, because I think I needed to get rid of uh, Kavara for him. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that sounds about right. And uh and then the news dropped and I I was stuck with Benel and I was like, Oh well he's not gonna make any cash this week but at least he's good for next and and now he's not, so he's not gonna make any <laughs> cash again this week, but I'm very, very confident that he plays next week pistol. Um if something happens at training and he gets hurt, I might give up on this game forever. <laughs>
1: Well, I uh, appreciate that you're still smiling after all that. Looking at this uh, Melbourne side, they've got Hannon and Vandenberg, both listed on the half-forward flank, and they were both in this week, so someone else is going to be dropped from the side. Looking at their extended bench here, um, they've got Nathan Jones, Jackson, Brayshaw, Hibbard, Neil Bullen, Jetta, Pickett, and Lockhart. If you had to pick four, who are you predicting will play for Melbourne this week?
0: I think Pickett comes in as well. I I think he's in their best team too so um you think Braveshaw plays on Jetta has to play on yeah uh, Pickett is another one and then I guess Nathan Jones but I don't think he was in great form anyway so um I guess they will stick to their word and omit Jackson uh, Neil Bullen
1: Hibbard, and uh, Lockhart won't play Yep, I'm uh, aligned so I, I think that's I mean potentially Neil Bullen plays over Jones but I don't really think so um, that would be pre- pretty rough um, on Jones so anyway we'll jump across to the cat side with have uh, out on Harry Taylor they do say managed so not rested but managed um, which is interesting and Reese Stanley we know has a little knee injury um I don't think we got a timeline. Was it? They said a, a minimum a fortnight, or likely a fortnight, or something around. They, they
0: were very a hazy. I think they've said they've listed him out for uh, two weeks
1: and then a test. So maybe he's still three or four weeks away. And on the ins there's uh, Parfit, Fort, Koldajny, Parsons, Clark, and Henderson. Um, this one is a little bit interesting on the bench here because... <laughs> Don't make me keep predicting these. <laughs> I, I'm going to try because you've, you've I think you've done well and it's also interesting to see how many you get right and wrong. For me, at the end of the week, it's like a fun game that I used to entertain <laughs> oh, myself glad. on the podcast. Uh, Ashney has come right onto the field um, for Harry Taylor. So that's a you know, one-in, one-out. And obviously, Fort is on the field um, for Stanley, so that's a one-in, one-out. You'd expect Parfit to play, so that means somebody else is being dropped. Now, it's not super... Super coach relevant, I guess, but maybe more draft relevant. Um, there's some real firepower on this bench, and only four of them are going to play. We've got Tui Henderson, Narkle Parsons, Parfit, Jack Stephen, Jordan Clark, and Dalhouse. I only pick four of them, JB. I'm confident Tui will play. I'm confident
0: Parfit will play. Um, Dalhouse should also play a- another game. That leaves Steven and Narkel. Maybe it's... Uh, I really like <laughs> Narkel. I, I don't think he had the best game last week, but I do I do like Narkel. I don't think Steven had the best game last week either. Uh, so I'm going to go to a, a coin flip on those two.
1: Yeah, I'd be surprised if they dropped Narkel this early. I think they're going to need to keep playing him. He, he did have a average game last week. Um, Steven really wasn't super good either. So... It will be interesting to see if they brought in Stephen for one game and then drop him again and what that means for, you know, is he just a fringe player for the rest of his time in Geelong? Um, Is yet to be seen, but it's a a strong possibility. So that's something that I find super interesting. JB, anything else for this game or did you want to jump? Oh, I should say Rivers caught myself before moving on. Rivers (laughs) is named on field um, for Melbourne. Um, I expect him to play and hopefully continue to score quite well.
0: Yeah, and he looked good in his debut. He looked uh, he looked genuinely good. So someone that I think all people should be looking to trade in as well.
1: Excellent. All right, so now uh, take us through the next and last game of the round. Yeah,
0: just the one out listed so far between these two teams. It's Hawthorne versus Melbourne. Uh, we got the ins for Hawks as Harry Jones, Harry Morrison. A couple of Harrys getting a look in there. Uh, Mitchell Lewis and Paul Puopolo. And then North Melbourne have omitted Mason Wood. Uh, They've got a fit Ben Cunnington ready to come back in to go with a potential Jack Mahoney debut. Marley Williams, Tom Campbell, and Tristan Sherry. I assume that is pronounced. Um, As another potential (laughs) debutant. So a little bit to look at here. We can assume Cunnington will come back in uh, for Mason Wood, whether that's a straight swap or there's another change. I'm not quite sure. Um, Do you think Bonner did enough to
1: hold his spot? I think Marley Williams will come in as well. Um, Yeah, I I would be... Look, honestly, I think only one of... I mean, we may as well go through the bench game again because then it gives context to what we're saying. Um, On the benches, Marley Williams, Paula Hearn, Bonner, Curtis Taylor, McMillan, uh, Mahoney, (laughs) Cherry and Tom Campbell. You just copied uh, if, my pronunciation of all those. If, if you're... Well, well, then, look, then it's your fault if it's wrong, not my fault. Um, if if you had to pick four of them, JB, and also you didn't even ask me the question, you had all the power. Oh, no, if you had to pick four of them, which four are you picking, JB? I got a lot of regrets on so not asking you. Um, I, think,
0: I think, as you said, Marley Williams is a good shout to return. Uh, Jamie McMillan, I would doubt, would go out of the team. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and say my third biggest lock off this bench is Curtis Taylor, and then okay. and then number four is I don't think Bonner survives again. Uh, maybe they give Paul O'Hearn uh, another another crack at it. So uh, he's obviously been in and out of the team for it feels like years now. But um, the reason I think Curtis Taylor survives is he really just didn't do anything wrong, and I know he didn't dominate the game. The last two matches that he played. Uh, really came down to the second half in which he he had a really good, well, big. Well, sorry, his first two matches I should say, um, he had a really good second half after coming into halftime around 15 or less points. Um, this game he tried to do it and he and he showed signs of doing it, but he could he could only account up to you know 44 points or whatever he ended up on, and um, essentially just didn't have that really explosive finish. And I just don't think it's enough for North Melbourne to turn around and now go, um, nope, you're out of the team, we're going to drop you completely. I think you just earned enough
1: credits in those first two matches to really get a good crack at another fortnight. Curtis Taylor looks like a really solid future AFL footballer. Um, I'd be surprised if he was shocked, but I wouldn't be... I'm not going to... I also wouldn't be shocked, so to give it, I guess, percentage probability, I'd say he's a 75, 80% chance of being named, um, I guess, ahead of Jack Money, but there's still a 20% chance that Curtis Taylor is probably dropped. So for me, when I guess navigating through my trades, if the case was that Taylor was dropped, tonight I had Kavara locked into my bench, so I needed to make a move, and the only thing that I could really do was swing brander forward and trade in um a a defender for Kavara, so that's kind of what i've done to allow me to have some sort of flexibility there and if i want to get um you know brander shifted into the backline next week well hill's got the same dpp and i'm sure i can work out something there as well so there's plenty of plans um, over the next fortnight but just something so people might be aware of they might be in a similar situation maybe not with Kavara but with somebody else and they might want to just keep their eye so I think that's probably going to be the most SuperCoach relevant team news um, you know at five fifteen p.m tomorrow yeah I definitely agree uh, I
0: think a lot of people will be holding off uh, waiting on that news and the potential late change in the GWS game as well will be the two things that uh, essentially hold our trades hostage before we can pull the trigger on those ones so Um, essentially yeah I I tend to I tend to agree with a lot of what you just said Um, it's just ticked over three quarter time of the uh, Bulldogs game Bonspelli 131 can we call that a bad quarter from him
1: yeah he slowed down
0: 19 points
1: he's he's no good anymore you know don't bother getting him in (laughs) good the Um, bad
0: news is McRae's on 53 so that's not good for I mean I think everyone owns him but it's still not good
1: (laughs) yeah well it looks like Josh Kennedy had a big quarter he's up to 58 anyway uh, people don't really need to hear that unless <laughs> no, they <don't. laughs> play by play um, JB captaincy choices this week now I'm facing you, the easiest
0: captaincy feeling? choice of my entire life why is that? I'm going Grundy against someone who uh, he hit a career best hit outs um, in a game too. Um, just what was it was six games ago now yeah, six games. Recently. Yeah. Yep. Something um, like that. Shane Mumford. So he's my vice captain. And then I've got a Max Gorn, who I fully expect to do well against a Tarsi Four and a Sarva Radigalia, um duo there. So uh, whichever one doesn't score 150, if, it, if it's Grundy not going 150, then I'll just simply put it on Gorn, who I think is almost a sure thing. So very easy for me. Yeah. Um, and I will say, very easy for people who aren't like me and do own width, uh, Sorry, Lockie Neal because uh, against the most defensive team in the competition, the Adelaide Crows, he's probably <laughs> going to score close to a double time.
1: Well, okay. So for people like myself that have Grundy, Neal and Gorn, how am I navigating this, JB?
0: I'm most likely bypassing Grundy which I think is crazy, considering how high his ceiling is, but it, it's more a testament to the, to the two people remaining. I'm um, vice-captaining Neil and likely taking it. The reason I'm bypassing Grunty, he, he does have a little bit of soreness, but you don't, you don't, you don't want to be left with a little bit of soreness or a little bit of Collingwood dominating like too much, and he just ends up eking out at, at one thirty and then. Just for the other two captaincy options you've got, 130 just doesn't f- quite feel like it's enough. In a week like this, where you've got three amazing captaincy options, I'd rather go with a locking Neil, who's likely to have 130 by three-quarter time, and then and then you can make your decision based on that as to whether you go for max score or not. If Neil really does get, for some reason, clamped uh, down to a you know a measly 120 or something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I look at Grundy's 157 last year when we played against Greater Western Sydney in Sydney and he was he scored 181 Dream Team points. So that wasn't the game. I'm not talking about the prelim where he got 73 hit outs. I'm talking about when we last played. Well, the only time I think it is where we played against GWS. Um, he didn't play, I think... I mean, Mumford played, but... Dawson Simpson also played. They went the dual ruck setup. Yep. I mean, I don't even know. I, I'm looking at these stats and it's just ridiculous. Like Simpson had 27 hitouts, Mumford had 11 hitouts, and then Grundy's had 48 hitouts and <laughs> t- 22 contested possessions oh and 10 God. clearances and nine tackles and 31 possessions. <laughs> <laughs> like and funnily enough, not one of those statistics surprised me. It, it's yeah, one hundred and eighty-one Dream Team. I guess to we'll say only score one hundred and fifty-seven. So I don't think uh, he may not have been using the hitouts that effectively, like getting them to advantage. But it's scary to think a fully fit Grundy what he can do, like to, against a soul. Shane Mumford um, this week I do agree with your assessment though I that little niggle worries me just a little bit because I feel like all of these players have potential this week to double ton yep. and if someone is carrying a little bit of a niggle it's enough of a reason for me to say yeah well I may as well just go the other two yep. and because of Benel's omission I think most people should be able to uh, loophole in the midfield and be able to do a kneel um, into a, a gone, uh, particularly if you have the emergency on McKinney, who's seemingly doing quite well um, in this match so far. Is already on above sixty, so I, I, I would be taking that um, in my loophole, and that allows me to loophole Neil into gone. So it's going to be scary watching Grundy play because um, if he goes one seventy, I'm going to feel pretty pretty disappointed. <laughs> See, that, the
0: thing the thing is, I don't think one 170- seventy. Is enough for Neil owners who don't vice Captain Grundy to feel disappointed. I think if he goes, (laughs) if he genuinely goes one eighty plus, that's when you're like, oh, like I kind of wish I secured that on a Friday. My weekend would, you know, be a lot less stressful. But um, Lucky Neil against the Adelaide Crows, who's I you you can't even talk about defensive midfielders with the Adelaide Crows because they just
1: I know what you're doing. You don't own him. You're putting a jinx on. I wish I was, mate. Trust me. This is a jinx. I, I was saying to this um, is a setup. I was
0: saying to a few people who messaged me during the week, uh, asking if I could justify Neil's price tag, and I said this week I, I can. Any other week probably not, but this week <laughs> I can. Uh, a, a double ton just genuinely would be the least shocking thing of the weekend for me. So, um, good Thanks. luck to those who own him. Uh, I think you're going to be very happy. And even if you do miss a big Grundy score on the Friday. Um, you've got a lot to fall back on, so um, we'll Can we, we touch going. on that?
1: Can we touch on is Neil worth the price tag this week? I know Dunkley is already locked out for people, so pe- most people that had Dunkley, they've already made up their minds on what they wanted to do. But should we have a quick discussion on whether or not you think uh, Neil is worth the price tag?
0: Well, I'll, I'll start off. I, as I said, this week I think he is because I think you're going to catch another almost guaranteed score of one sixty plus. Um, I think he's going to go up in price again and you're going to have a point of difference, near that no one can get to for at least a month um, and that's a month of scoring back down to 110, 120s uh, before he comes back down to earth. So uh, this week, I'm I'm confident he is worth it. Next week, I don't think
1: he will be. So it's interesting because... I totally agree. I've seen online a lot of people saying that it's not worth the value. And I I can totally see where they're coming from Um, in terms of like value of two players. Sometimes the value of two players and Lockie Neal and somebody else, the other two uh, seem to be, I guess, better long-term picks. And I I totally understand where they're coming from and do agree. I just think that the captaincy, which is such an important part of the game, it's just neglected in these conversations and you need to think how many extra points do I get by being able to captain Lockie Neal over another choice. Most people don't have Goldstein and he's the second highest averaging player at 150. The third highest is Fife and Grundy is at fourth. Fife is averaging 140 Lockie Neal's averaging 165. Not to say that Neal's going to continuously average 165 and Neal is going to, and Fife is going to average 140, but there will be a gap between Neal and the next highest scoring player. And if you think that that gap is 10 points per game, you have to double it because that's what the captaincy gives over the other options. And then you've got to add that to their um, predicted scores when you're working it out and then see if he's still worth the value of, The value or not so for me I think yeah look he's priced at um I think it's like 138 or something like that so I I I think I actually think he could average that for the rest of the season but even if I say no I think he's going to average 132 for the rest of the season I still think he's fine value because with that captaincy I'm going to get those extra six points per game over other options and he's going to get me to the pass mark in terms of value for him at his current price so I do agree with you that I think this week is probably the last week where I'd pay this exorbitant price um, for Neil because, geez, from next week onwards, we're looking at potentially paying like 780 or something for Neil and I, I don't, I can't really justify paying that price on any player in Supercoach. So um, if you have him, it's it's all aboard now and if you don't, uh, you, you're watching every Brisbane game from behind your couch.
0: <laughs> Which I have been doing for the last month. So, um, yeah, those who started him deserve all the credit in the world as well. Um, I think I did a podcast on him in the preseason and just said how teams started to tr- sort of figure out that if you stop locking Neil, then you can, at, at the very least, uh, stand a fighting chance against Brisbane when they're at their very best. Um, I thought he'd get tagged a lot more to start the season. I think coaches... And their pride comes in a lot uh, back in their game plan and their midfields in against other teams. And um, Lucky Neil's just been able to do whatever he wants. And I don't, I can't see myself honestly starting a season without him again.
1: Yeah, I think now he's kind of. I mean, we probably should have been starting every season. But yeah, totally agree. I, I, I kept saying Lucky Neil, and then the buys happened, and there was just like those little things where I'm like, oh, maybe not. And my, my faith has wavered. Um, and not again. So uh, lessons learned. He's still young enough that I feel like I can continuously select him for multiple seasons, like him and and Raúl, just one and two into my midfield.
0: <laughs> and I'm I'm curious. I've had this in uh, up my sleeve for a, f- a couple of years now. Um, the whole argument that we had in regards to Zach Merritt versus Lockie Neal as a player. Would you would you change your tone on that one? You were heavily in the in the camp of Zach Merritt being better.
1: We were talking about. Which player was better for Supercoach in that season? Okay, would you like to get out of that at camp that as well? Because
0: <laughs> you lost that well, one too. I mean, mate. this
1: season. <laughs> look, this season Neil uh, is a better pick, but if we're taking into account value, um, um, then he's still a better I pick. Even, I, I do not know what merit. I do not know what merit costs. So I can't even comment. Uh, but there might be a point at this season where you you would suggest to someone take merit over Neil, depending on how hard I don't the price. think there will be. I genuinely do. He's, he's sub sub six hundred k merit. That's um, you know he's he's put in some good scores. He's averaging one hundred and thirty five. Merit,
0: <laughs> yeah, that is surprising. Uh, and and Neil is still better. So I'll, I'll look. I'll take that merit. They,
1: they they could be at the one and two averaging players after this week. Merit's got Colton.
0: without Dyson Heppel as well.
1: Look, I'm I'm just saying, don't be too quick to to say you've won the argument. Let's let's no, give it a couple come more. On.
0: Rounds. Come on, <laughs> let's not give it a couple more. I'll give have given it, a, I'll give it a 24 <laughs> months. I finally got one over you, and I'd like to celebrate. And you're telling me to wait two more weeks for a Zach Merritt versus Lock, Lockie Neal showdown.
1: You, two, did I say two weeks? I, I'm only giving one. In two weeks, they play Collingwood. I'm not really confident. On okay, America's okay, we'll, we'll chat again next week then. That, that sounds all right. Good to me. Let's. Um, He just needs to score about 240 points, and then he will out-average Lockie Neal. uh, I've just remembered, I I never even ended up doing the Patreon
0: shout-out, so I'm going to quickly go through them now. I hope everyone's still listening to the podcast, hearing us squabble over Zach Merritt versus Lockie Neal. But uh, shout-out for signing up for Big John. Uh, I wonder how he got that nickname. Bruce Walker. I wonder how he got that nickname. And Jay, who... (laughs) I kind of know how he got that name, it's, it's probably just his first initial, but um, welcome boys, glad to have you on board, there is your shout out at the end of the podcast, So I hope you're still tuned in, um, that'll pretty much wrap up the podcast, Pistol, um, would you like to advise where our socials uh, can be found?
1: Yeah, you can uh, find myself on Twitter at uh, Pistol underscore D-R-S-C. You can find JB at JB underscore D-R-S-C. And you can find Chizo with a Z at Chizo underscore D-R-S-C. And the main account is Dr underscore D-R-S-C, but actually like, spelt out doctor. It's definitely not that though. It's just Dr underscore i
0: I've made that, I've made say- that mistake say in the that? past as well. No, you said D-R-S-C.
1: Okay, yeah, no, it's doctor. Well, it's not doctor, doctor. You're lucky I stopped you because um, Chizzo
0: puts in nasty
1: edits when you when you mess up the main Twitter account. I think Ch- Chizzo puts in nasty edits anyway, just regardless. But to be <laughs> fair, he's probably not going to be listening to this one. It's a Thursday and um, is probably already made his trades and is now partying for the rest of the weekend <laughs> and then we will complain on Sunday. Look at my trades, why didn't you help me? So um, he'll never hear this anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Well, fingers but- crossed after that, but... <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, hopefully you have a better weekend than last weekend, JP, and uh, I will catch you on Monday. Cheers, community.